You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Greetings. Hello. Bonjour. Bonjourno. 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 <laughs> Thank you, Brad Pitt. Thank you. I don't speak Italian. <laughs> oh, how are you this morning? Feeling just fine. Mm. Just fine. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I was relating to you mm-hmm. before we started recording that as of this recording, I mowed my lawn for the first time yesterday. Dang. After work, mowed, trimmed, weeded. And had the first fire of the year oh. in a little fire pit in the backyard. That took a turn from yeah. possible misery to a delight. True delight. Yeah. Yes, it was mm. lovely. And it also got very windy, which is funny because, <laughs> you know, it was very calm and we were enjoying the fire. And then all at once, it was just like, yeah, and for real. embers and I mean, oh, wow, made the wood burn a lot quicker. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'm sure. Got crazy. Wow. What do the girls fun. think? Oh, they like it. <laughs> Uh, a little too much. Oh, That's, no. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Anna... want to put stuff in it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's very and, cute, and, though. And Morgan is like... <laughs> yeah. I remember I'm so a little, clearly. Yeah. Like, Anna's like, you want to put this in, and yes. this in, and this in. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm probably a little too lax, honestly. I'm like, yeah, they'll be fine, you One know? it'll be your, like, Apple Watch or something like that. Yeah. Like, Wait a minute, what? <laughs> You're a pickpocket and a... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, uh, like, why are you throwing that in? Oh, my gosh. My wallet! <laughs> <laughs> That's very familiar, though. That was that was me in a lot of ways. I wanted to play with the fire. Yeah. And look, moral of the story, you can still turn out reasonably all right. <laughs> I did not become an arsonist. You did not become a pyromaniac. Yeah, it's I, I could still enjoy it, but I didn't commit crimes. Yes, yes. There is just something fascinating about fire, you yeah. know? I mean, what else do we literally gather around mm. and just stare at say, and talk yeah, and just... we're like oh that's cool it's a whole event it's a social event where we're going to gather around watch this stuff burn and talk <laughs> yeah you can just stay for hours yeah it's you know? really it's strangely mystical it it is yeah it is i there's a reason that lots of those old pagan religions fire and wine fire Gosh, and wine oh, you know i can only imagine yeah. where that leads <laughs> <laughs> crazy naked dancing you're right <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that changes things. It does. It does change things, but you're doing well. I am doing well. I am doing reasonably to remarkably well. Wow. There's a range. That's kind of a range. That's that's like not a small range. I mean, reasonably to remarkably. No, I that's, didn't know what words I was going to choose as I chose them. Good they alliteration. Were, yeah. But that's really what it came down to is which, <laughs> which thematic R words would come out. And that's that was it. No, mildly tired, but feeling pretty good. Mildly tired? Yeah. Yeah. That's just how it is sometimes. That's just how it is. Yeah. Zach was telling us about the... Yeah. Tired receptors. I don't know what those are called, but I, I the things... Either, that, but I don't know I have heard of this. I just... I'm, I don't think I have the strength of will. Basically, if you're listening, you know, and if you're a coffee drinker like us... <laughs> oh, is, yes. We haven't talked about know. coffee in a long time. <laughs> yeah, sure. So we're overdue. Definitely. Like, the caffeine, it, it blocks... I'm going to use some slang terms here. Your tired receptors. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm not even a tiny <laughs> bit interested in trying to memorize the medical term. <laughs> But, but, I mean, that's what it does. It doesn't like, you know, it doesn't feel you the way you think it does. It just, it blocks your brain from understanding that you're tired, which I love. That's great. Yeah, very I'm helpful. That. But if you wait like 90 minutes after getting up, it's going to be a better time for you. You know, you don't get the crash afterwards. It's, you know, but 
Do I care? Because guess what's always available? More caffeine. More caffeine. <laughs> that's right. As soon as we're done here, I'm going to make another cup on the on the way to work at my house because it's on the way. So oh, praise the Lord. That is a that is a good thing. Yeah. Well, if anyone wants to try it, you know, yeah. more power to you. Truly, honestly, and maybe in more ways than one. Yeah. Maybe I will. I don't know. I don't know. I could see you doing it. Zach has done it and proved it to be true. He has. He has. He was telling us about that before we started recording. Yeah. Lots of conversations happen before we start recording. Very true. And here we are. So, <sighs> but uh, among other things that are not good mm, whoa, whoa. are heresies. Yeah. Heresies are bad. Yeah, yes. Very bad. Yes. Just full stop. Mm-hmm. Bad mojo. And in a previous episode, we discussed what a heresy is. You may mm-hmm. remember that. I actually didn't think to look that up before we started recording which episode that was, but we did discuss it. We yeah, defined we, we what did. a heresy is. And so uh, you're more than welcome to look that up and go back and listen again if you'd like a more in-depth explanation of the term. But basically, if we were going to sum it up, a heresy is something that strikes at or denies any essential doctrine at the heart of the Christian faith. Mm. So, one of the doctrines at the heart of the Christian faith is the doctrine of Christ. That follows. Yes, yes. yes. I mean, Christianity, it's in the name. It is indeed. Christ is in the name. It's in the name. Pretty important. But this is otherwise known as Christology, or the study of Christ in his person and work. And as we mentioned, you know, our whole religion is named after him, so hopefully we understand why that is important. But some of the biggest and most common heresies that spring up even in our own day are Christological heresies. Okay. Which is why they are called that. If you read ancient church documents, you may come across some of these terms rather frequently. And uh, so in the spirit of trying to help us deepen our grasp of the faith and ensure that we don't ever start to unwittingly slide into one of these, because that's what what unfortunately happens is someone is saying something and they're like, oh, well, I believe this. And you're like, that's an ancient heresy (laughs) condemned at the Council of Nicaea. Just like that. That's how I do it. That's that's how I do it. Just to really kind of try to diffuse the situation, you know, Uh, try to take it it real simple instead of being like, heresy. To the steak with them! Smite them. And then you take them to a steak restaurant and you explain uh, to them. That's, see, not, what a not turn. burn them what a at the steak. That's funny. You know, little wordplay there. It's not funny, but, you know, it was a, it was a pun. So, uh, yeah, so I figured we could spend a few episodes broadening our understanding and walking through some of the uh, major Christological heresies that the church has pushed back against over the centuries. Mm, that sounds great. Still. Yeah. I mean, it'll be fun in our own brand of fun. Exactly. You know, I mean, I don't know that. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're listening, you probably think these sorts of things are fun. I mean, I hope so. I don't know. Pretty much to start out, all of these originated early on in the church's history, but they do continue to show up under different guises in the modern age. Okay. <laughs> Here's some real crossover. Like some of the cults that we covered in previous episodes yes. ascribed to some of these heresies. Wouldn't you know? That's the problem is why we don't think of them as Christians. So I can almost guarantee that if someone begins expostulating about some new Christological truth they've just discovered, they're like, wow, like this is radical (laughs) and brand new. Nine out of 10 times, that's just going to be one of the ancient heresies. Dang. I mean, I'm not going to commit and say every single time, but likelihood is if you're like, wow, this is just totally radical and new. No, it's not. Okay, right. Yeah, it's definitely not. So the first one that we'll discuss is the heresy commonly known as Gnosticism. (laughs) Of course. I think Gnosticism 
probably has the most frequent flyer miles on this podcast. I mean, compared to any other yeah. whatsoever. I think they were maybe our first big mention ages past. Yes, yes, because Gnosticism shows up badly in a number of different ways. <laughs> like it, it has many ripple effects yeah. out in the world and theology. So it has shown up a lot in the podcast. Yeah. In particular, as it relates to Christology, what's interesting on that note is that it's generally far more broad oh. than other Christological heresies. So whereas, for example, we'll see this in later episodes, a heresy like Nestorianism is pretty specific. It sounds pretty specific. Yeah, you're dealing with a pretty honed-in issue related to Christ mm-hmm. and his person and work. But Gnosticism is much more of a blanket category uh, for an array of similar heresies shared between different Gnostic sects. Okay, okay. And the Lexham Dictionary of Church History helped me call a great deal of this information. So I was just looking for like, what's like a really helpful summary? Because that's the problem with Gnosticism. It's like, there's actually, it is so broad I, I that it's difficult to nail it down. That's probably why it has shown up so many times is because it's so far reaching. Yes, exactly. 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 But basically, if you really wanted to sum it up, there were three essential beliefs that comprise Gnosticism. Mm. One, the necessity of secret knowledge. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Yeah. Which is where the name Gnostic comes from, because the Greek word gnosis means knowledge. Mm. So you get Gnostic out of that. The second essential belief is dualism. Familiar. Yep. And then the third is a belief in a pleroma of aeons, which comprise their view of the divine. That's how they explain, like, divinity. A plero- Did you say a pleroma a of pleroma. aeons? A pleroma, yes. Well, Another um, Greek word, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. That does sound like something a doctor would deliver to you. <laughs> like, with a door closed, he steps in, and maybe he's sweating, and he closes the door, and he says, we're going to have to discuss uh, a pleroma of aeons. And, like, my heart is beating out of my chest because I have the whole, like, white coat syndrome thing they talk about and I'm like white coat syndrome yeah i can't is that we just are nervous around people who have white coats on they literally can literally never get a, a steady heart rate on me wow yeah not related <laughs> not related to Gnosticism. you have a playroom of aeons <laughs> dun 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 <sighs> yes yeah, so um anyway we're gonna get into each of these essential beliefs in case you had questions you're like what <laughs> What, what kind yeah. of dualism are we talking about? What the heck is a pleroma of aeons? Yeah, <laughs> it's not a medical disease. <laughs> it might be a mental one, depending on what your belief. Oh. Uh, anyway, in short, let's start with secret knowledge. The necessity of secret knowledge meant that the Gnostics believed that they alone had the secret insight needed in order to be saved from death and destruction. Sounds a little bit too much like a perfect power structure to me. Yes. Um, (laughs) Is this, like, with a whole secretive, indiscernible angle to this, is that anything like numerology or coded messages and so on? There would probably be some sects of Gnosticism where you'd find stuff like that, but... I think in the majority of cases, what you're dealing with is just like, oh, we're going to impart to you the secret teachings. Mm. And what separates this brand of exclusivism from like something like the Christian brand, because like we're going to say Christianity makes available to us the only way to be reconciled to God. Mm -hmm. But what distinguishes Gnosticism is that you don't get access to the secret Gnostic knowledge until you join their merry band through their lovely little rites of, you know, initiation. Whereas, of course, Christianity is based on the free and open proclamation of uh, what Paul calls the mystery hidden for ages, but now revealed, which is Christ. So 
we are openly proclaiming it. Like, no, you're not getting access to secret knowledge once you join the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. The Gnostics are like, nope, you can't be saved unless you have our secret knowledge. And the only way we will give you the secret knowledge is if you join our group <laughs> and give us your stuff. Yeah, stuff. Especially the stuff angle. The whole join our ranks for the next tier of knowledge is like the most absolute classic cult structure. Looking yep. at you, Tom Cruise. Because <laughs> that is basically the exact that framework is, for Scientology. It is. <laughs> you and your middle tooth. Yeah. Telling us that Scientology, it is. It's just like a new form of Gnosticism right there. Yes. That's a good, good observation. But also in contradistinction to Christianity, the secret Gnostic knowledge about salvation was, to the second essential truth, decidedly dualistic. I feel like I misremember the explanation every time I hear that word. Like, I know it for about 40 seconds. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then you say it later. I'm like, yes? Could you, like, run over that for me? Yeah, so especially in Gnosticism, I'm simplifying this, obviously, but they taught, in short, physical stuff, bad and evil, oh. incapable of being saved. Immaterial reality, good, and is in the realm of salvation. So uh, body bad, soul good. <laughs> There's a really strong evil pull and a really strong good pull, and they're basically like equals duking it out. Okay, so the flesh is like an evil carbon cage that we need to escape. Yes, precisely. Why is it called dualism, like like as in two things, as opposed to dualism as to fight? That's interesting. I, what if what if we just make that a play on words <laughs> where it's like, man, that's actually, there's a helpful way to remember it. Yeah. Dualism, not just two things, but like D-U-E-L, like yes. dueling, where it's like good and evil are mm-hmm. equal opposites, dueling against one another, Beesh. flesh against spirit, yes. etc. Now, don't be confused about that either, because scripture makes contrast of course, between good and evil, flesh and spirit. But again, Gnosticism is a very particular kind where it's, again, we're going to say good and evil, like God and the devil aren't equal counterparts. (laughs) Right, right, right. Right, right. like Michael and the devil would be like equal counterparts. Like God is so transcendent, his goodness absolutely obliterates evil. It's not even close. But the Gnostics in particular, very much about the dualism between physical material reality versus spiritual immaterial. And they're going to say all the physical stuff Matter, bad. Yeah. All bad. So, in essence, that means only those who have the divine spark could mm. become entirely spiritual and shed their physical bodies and be saved. That's, how, that's how you're saved. I bet you could trace some of that to the Heaven's Gate cult if you tried hard enough. Uh, the whole, like, trying to escape your bodies yeah. and, like, jump ship to the... <laughs> <laughs> meteorological alien <laughs> comet thing. Oh, yeah, yeah I laugh, but that's yeah. so sad. It is, though. <laughs> it is. Uh, but yeah, I agree with that. I think that very much is another manifestation of modern-day mm. Gnosticism. Lastly, their view of the divine, of course, is rather strange, based on, you know, even the way they Big talk about... surprise. Yeah, the Pleroma of Aeons. Um, and here, because this is just so weird... And I'm like, I can't explain this any better in my own words, I don't think. So I'm just going to quote the Lexham survey in full. Within the hierarchical structure of the aeons, several pairs of aeons inhabited the true spiritual realm, with the highest being the supreme god, who is entirely transcendent. However, one of the aeons, named Sophia, or Wisdom, sought to know the supreme god more fully. Unfortunately, in her failed efforts, she produced the Demiurge, a twisted and semi divine creature who lacked a full understanding of the Pleroma. It was this Demiurge who then created the physical cosmos, and in failing to understand the true nature of the Pleroma, declared himself to be the one god. From these efforts, then, all physical creation is inherently flawed and lacking access to the Pleroma. 
For those few individuals, however, that possessed a small spark of the divine, by shedding and rejecting their physical nature and pursuing their spiritual one entirely, they might achieve the salvation of seeing the Pleroma and becoming an entirely spiritual being. <laughs> There's a whole mythology here. There is, literally, um, yeah. I do not want the Netflix adaptation. <laughs> I will say, it, the longer you went, the more I could be like, I am, the more I could kind of follow in a, in a sort of like Greek mythology sense. Yes. But literally the first two sentences, I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. What is going on here? Right. Hierarchical, yes. get out of here. Yeah. I can't follow. Yeah, no. And that really is, it was like the philosopher's version of the Greek mythology. Okay, you know what then. I mean? Like, oh, this is a sophisticated version. Like, you know. <laughs> The proletariat believes in, like, oh. Zeus and Athena and yeah. all those guys. But we, mm. we know the Pleroma. This is the people it's who like, are drinking black coffee as opposed, <laughs> as opposed to me over here. I see. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, naturally. Now, the reason this became a specifically Christological heresy, you know, aside from the fact that, biblically speaking, it's all obviously unorthodox <laughs> false teaching, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it misses all the marks. But it became specifically Christological because of its view of physical matter. Because if the physical world just is evil, it's the product of some semi-divine demiurge who mm. is evil, then the incarnation of Christ makes no sense. Oh, right? What? I didn't even consider how far-reaching that would be. Yeah. That's weird. Yes. And that sort of started to sneak into the church really early on. The church father, Irenaeus of Lyon, dealt with Gnosticism rather forcefully in his book called Against Heresies. Straight to the point. Yeah. He's like, I'm, (laughs) title says it all. Yeah. And you can find that for free online, basically, if you're interested in reading more specifically his take. But we also see the Apostle John addressing this sort of false teaching. For example, we read in 1 John 4, 2 through 3, by this, you know, the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus, i.e. he did not come in the flesh, Mm. is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Mm. So right there, I mean, basically within the first century, you see this sneaking into the church where, you know, you probably had some, even in a situation where you had like a convert from Gnosticism who would be like, oh, well, obviously, yeah, I mean, Jesus is Lord, but I mean, come in the flesh? No, like material stuff is bad, (laughs) you know? Maybe even misreading some of Paul's letters about the flesh. He's like, oh, like, look, see, Paul said the flesh is bad. Like, well, no, he doesn't mean flesh like that. (laughs) He doesn't mean physical matter. He means your sinful nature, you Neanderthal. (laughs) But all that is to say, this isn't, as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, just historical data, Mm. because we still see remnants of this sort of thing in our own day. You pointed out several cultish instances of that, but even some well-meaning Christians will sometimes say things like, ah, you know, this body doesn't matter. It's just an empty shell. I want to, I want my spirit to go be with the Lord who cares about my body. Yeah, yeah. I've, That's Gnosticism. I've heard that many, many times over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there's probably, like, maybe not that verbatim, but here and there are times that I've probably myself held some, like, negative views of, like, <laughs> these carbon cages. Yes, <laughs> yes. Just, yeah. No, that's right. And I want to say, granted, when we die, mm. our spirits do leave our bodies and go to be with the Lord, which is infinitely better than anything we know right now. But that's not the end of the story. Mm-hmm. I'm always at such pains to remind people of that. One of the key articles of the Apostles' Creed, and that shows up all the time throughout Scripture, especially in the New Testament, is the 
resurrection of the body. (laughs) Like our souls are going to be reunited with our bodies one day, just like Jesus's was, right? When he came to the disciples after his resurrection, he said, a spirit does not have flesh and bone such as I have. And he ate food with them and did all the things that people with bodies do. And even though he had a glorified body, whatever that means, they still knew him. Yeah, what a good point. Granted, there were times apparently he had the ability to somehow like... Like disguise himself. Disguise himself. Yeah. But it wasn't like the disciples then recognized him or like, oh, well, you look totally different. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, here's Jesus with the scars in his body, you know? Yeah. So that's our destiny. And the material world was created by God and he made it, not some demiurge, like he made matter. It was his idea. He likes it. So all that is to say, let's not become neo or pseudo Gnostics by accident. That's (laughs) why it's important to know these things. I'm not worried about crisis of Gnosticism in the world overrunning us, probably like John or Irenaeus are worried about. But there are little pockets and little areas of our lives where I think Mm. we're tempted to become Gnostic about things. I think so. Let's not do that because Christ has a physical body and one day he will return in that body to reign on a physical new earth Mm -hmm. where we will reign with him in physical bodies and we will enjoy the physical world Uh, because again, God made it and he likes it and he wants to keep it. So... Anyway, go enjoy a good cup of coffee today to uh, (laughs) fight against Gnosticism. And if you found this helpful and you want to share it with your friends, Mm -hmm. that'd be great. If you want to leave us an honest five-star review in that Apple podcast platform. Also great. It is. If you feel like you've attained secret knowledge, you can just, you know. Back right up. (laughs) And for a small monthly fee of (laughs) $199.99, we too can enlighten you. No, just kidding, of course. And uh, if you have any questions on this or any other topic, as always, feel free to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Thank you as always for listening, and we'll catch you next time.